right, welcome to Showrunners, episode five. Showrunners is the movie podcast with a TV show name presented by Sidious Mag, the greatest running website in the world. Um, tonight, Today I'm here with Noah Drotti, who's a 101 half marathon runner and general cool guy. And we're here in Portland, Maine, uh, before Beach to Beacon, which we're both running tomorrow. Um, we've got the same homestay, mm-hmm. uh, a nice guy named Bill, um, who is just full of surprises. Hoping and he'll uh, drop in at some point. Yeah, later. there's a 45% chance Bill <laughs> has A, seen this movie, and B, will come in and start talking to us. Um, we're also joined by photographer extraordinaire Justin Britton, who's going to be shooting this episode for us. All right. Um, we are here to talk about the 1979 absolute classic, um, Breaking Away, mm-hmm. a little cult, cult classic cycling movie. Um, just a quick synopsis. Dave and his working friends, Cyril, Moocher, uh, and Mike spend their post high school days in Bloomington, Indiana, sparring with snooty students from the local university, chasing girls, and in Dave's case, dreaming of being a, dreaming of competitive bicycle racing. The four friends face opposition from all corners as they decided to make, decide to make Dave's dream come true in the university's annual bicycle endurance race. You think that's fair? I just copy yeah. and paste these. So yeah, no, I think uh, I think that pretty much uh, pretty much covers the main points. Yeah, um, Roger Ebert. He's had kind of a tough little run here. He didn't care for Rocky Four or About Time or even really Mrs. Doubtfire, but he does redeem himself here. He says. Uh, Breaking Away is a wonderfully sunny, funny, goofy, intelligent movie that makes you feel good, makes you feel about as good as any movie in a long time. It is, in fact, a treasure. So give it up for Raj. (laughs) Finally, in favor of one of our showrunners movies. Um, Movie got 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. I think that's fair. Very well critically. um, I don't know if Rotten Tomatoes is critically uh, reviewed, but um, people really love it. Yeah, yeah, that's enough for me. Yeah, and I think uh, this podcast will definitely be one where there'll be like seven or eight people who are like, oh shit, they did Breaking Away. Like, that's my movie. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the people we got in the first four episodes will be like, uh, yeah, I don't know what that movie is. So, yeah, I'm hoping, uh, you know, it kind of, kind of brings a new audience to this movie. It's, uh, it's definitely one. I think sometimes people see the years and they're like, 1979, I'm not wasting my time with the movie made then. But uh, I think it's definitely worthwhile. Yeah, definitely. Um, no, it was it was fun, and then there's a lot of stuff that feels really timeless about it. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this movie had a 2.3 million dollar budget, made 20 million dollars um, in the box office, which isn't a ton, but um, it did fine. It was nominated for five Academy Awards, including Best Picture, Best Director, Best Supporting Actress, uh, Best Original Score, and Best Original Screenplay, which it won. Uh, the whole film was shot in Bloomington, Indiana. Uh, and it includes some, it's like kind of semi-autobiographical, actually. Mm-hmm. So the real-life team was based on the 1962 Phi Kappa Psi Little 500, which is a race that we'll talk about later in the, um, in the pod, uh, Champions, Little 500 Champions, which featured legendary writer and Italian enthusiast Dave Blaze, who provided screenwriter and fellow Phi Kappa Psi member Steve Tesich with the inspiration for the main character. In the movie Blaze, together with team manager Bob Stoller, provided the name of the character, Dave Stoller. In the 1962 race, uh, Blaze uh, won the the race that we'll talk about later in the movie. And in that movie, or in the the actual movie, Blaze himself appears as the race announcer. So some uh, just little... Fun facts. Little fun facts, yeah. Uh, So Noah, you uh, suggested this movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought it was a really fun choice. 
Um, why do you, why did you kind of pick it and, and why do you love this movie so much? Yeah, I hadn't actually thought about the movie in a long time and I was just kind of racking my brain for movies that were kind of significant to me in some way. And I think this movie is kind of timeless in that it's really like a story of of finding yourself. It's a, a story of like one chapter of your life ends, in their case, their high school lives end, and like, you know, one character is the star quarterback, and then all of a sudden he has nothing to look forward to. And when they're in the beginning of the movie, they're like, you know, this is the first summer where no one's going to ask us to write about what we did, you know, because that part of our lives is over and they don't really have the next thing. And so they feel stuck in space. Um, and I think we've all felt like that at some point in our lives where you end one thing and you just don't know what the next thing is. And you see your life just invariably going down this one path. You know, he's like in at 20 years old, I'm going to be 20 year old Mike at 30 years old. I'm going to be 30 year old Mike and these college kids are going to just keep coming in. And so anyway, I think it's a uh, really significant in that way. And you know, it's kind of a feel-good story of them, like, finding a goal, achieving the goal, and kind of sticking it to the proverbial man. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's actually a good uh, transition right into the first of the winner's category. Is there anything you want to talk about off the top, or you want to jump into the categories? Um, we can just jump into it. Okay. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite things about this movie in the winner's category here uh is kind of their depiction of pe- these people being in the quote-unquote counterculture mm-hmm. like they know that they're not in the mainstream but they're still like a very small part of them that wants to be mainstream like mike uh who's played by dennis quaid obviously went on to be very very famous um, he's still holding out hope of being on the football team yeah he's uh in the beginning scenes he's always carrying around an unlit cigarette yeah and he, uh, they were watching the football practice, and he's like, I can't even get myself to light the cigarette because I think I might have to get in shape. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. So I like that part. And then the other one is, like, Dave falling for the hot popular girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, he should really probably, if he wants to be, like, counterculture, like, he should go find a nice indie girl in a bookstore yeah. or a record shop, you know, who, like, listens to Janis Joplin. But um, he's still into the, like, they still want part of them really wants to be accepted and mainstream and um, not outcasts. Well, I think you have to kind of look at the setting of the movie in Bloomington, Indiana, which is a a rural, you know, town in Indiana, southern Indiana. And um, but it's offset by by Indiana University, which is, you know, prestigious school. And you have kind of the yuppie rich college students. But then you also have um, where I went to school, we called them townies, people who just lived in town. Yeah. Um, And so they constantly are kind of measuring themselves against these out of towners coming to the college. And it's like, well, I just finished high school and I'm not doing anything. Like maybe I was a star quarterback, but now I'm not doing anything. Yeah. And you're always looking at the guy in college who is really just like, in the next phase of his life, setting himself up for a lifetime of success, yeah. you know? And so it's like, yeah, you're part of the counterculture, but you also see that guy and, you know, like, hey, he's going to school. He's setting himself up for the future. The, I'm living in my future right now, and I don't particularly like it. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of examples of that kind of character throughout movies. Like, one that comes to mind right off the bat is, like, Chucky from Goodwill Hunting. He's mm-hmm. like, tomorrow I'll wake up and I'll be 50. And I feel like these kids are coming to the realization that, like, Tomorrow they might wake up and be 50, you know, yeah. like they've already seen their future yeah. and they've been living it all along. Yeah. And yeah. some of these kids, it seems like they have options. Like you hear around Cyril who, um, and, and Dave 
who seem to have options to go to college, but there isn't, that isn't necessarily, they're not pushed towards it, nor does it sound that interesting to them. Um, that's another, I mean, another good transition to another one of my big winners is like the locals and the college kids not getting along. Mm-hmm. I think that happens everywhere. Yeah. Every, yeah. Like yeah. I definitely at Portland, like there were some bars that they were local bars and there were some bars that were UP bars, you know, and when they mixed, it wasn't always great, you know? Yeah. We had the same thing at the which is also yeah. a small Indiana town. And it's just like, yeah, I mean, it's just people in two different paths of life and when you're in those two different paths it's really easy to look at the other side and be like well yeah you know they're, fuck those guys yeah the yeah. college <laughs> the college kids are super stuck up and it's like well these guys are total burnouts yeah and yeah. uh you can just throw stones either way for sure um i really like some of the um some of the tensions between particularly the dennis quaid character and the main like popular guy i thought that was fun mm-hmm. yeah um yeah and another one of the winners i've got uh, is one of the very first lines in the movie. Um, Mike says, I read that an Italian coach said that you're not supposed to go swimming right after a race. <laughs> Which I think is just like the absolute perfect like analogy for people who read one thing and then don't do something that would be fun because they assume that it'll make them slower. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And uh, yeah, he's just sitting on the, uh, on the rock in the quarry just kind of sending himself while yeah. everyone else is jumping in and kind of having a... Great time. I told you earlier that that quarry is still like very much there, and uh, I used to live in Bloomington over the summers, and we'd go go swim there too. And all those like rock features are still still there, so it's kind of cool to see in the movie. But did you jump off of any of them? Like they did I, in the movie? I jumped off the one that that the that the burnout crew is jumping off, but then the first time the the quarry is kind of infiltrated by the college kids, mm-hmm. they jump off of the super high jump, yeah. which uh, we called rooftop. It's like eighty feet. And they're like, man, I've never seen someone jump off there before. Um, I never did that. Um, okay. Because, like, actually on the way up there, people have uh, unfortunately died jumping off that. Oh, yeah. And you have to walk by, like, memorials kind of for those people on the way up. So it's not something I was ever interested in. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. We've got some more winners. Most of these aren't as, like, in-depth as what we've just talked about. But um, I really like that the cat is named Jake. I like when animals have human names. Mm-hmm. I think that's really fun. Yep. Um, we got locals flexing on college kids. Uh, Dave's cycling clothing, just such fucking sweet jerseys, mm-hmm. such cool jerseys, and just the whole cycling culture, like the shaving the legs mm-hmm. and like all this stuff, which is so foreign to especially rural Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the cycling culture, and then um, you know, along with that, Italian culture, which is one of the big like, you know, themes of the movie. Yeah. Um. When Dave rides really, really hard in the pitch black mm-hmm. when he's training, I thought that was a really sweet scene. I really liked that. Um, to go more on the cycling culture was Team Cinzano's uniforms. Mm-hmm. The all black with the white and the orange strips. Just so cool. Um, old school gear shifters. Yeah. Like he reaches down to do it on the center bar. Yeah. Which is just like the hipster in me loves that and like wants a bike that it has to do that even though it... They don't work nearly as well. My girlfriend has one of those now, yeah. and I've been riding it. Sometimes. She's so cool. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't think it was a cool choice. It was just like the available bike. But, yeah, uh, yeah, those are kind of rad. Yeah, um, there's one line where the main character uh, Mike says, "Everybody cheats." I just didn't know. And that line in particular aged really, really well for the sport of cycling. Absolutely. Yeah, that's one of yeah. the big winners, I think, is just the premonition of 
the, of doping, of the doping EP, of the EP, yeah, of the, yeah. just ubiquitous doping and cycling. Which hadn't really started at the time the movie had come out yet. Yeah, well, they're... In the late 70s, I don't know if they were doping then. Yeah, I mean, there's been a history of doping, particularly in cycling, dating back to, like, the early 1900s, but it got way, way more effective, like, right after this. People were able to take anabolic steroids and EPO and a bunch of stuff. Um, Before that, they were, like, drinking rum and and strychnine. And Uh, smoking less cigarettes. Yeah, fewer cigarettes, (laughs) yeah. Um... One of the big winners is Kath's response to finding out that Dave isn't actually Italian. Mm-hmm. I thought that was good. Like, there's a lot where she, a lot of versions of this movie where she's like, "Wait, you're not Italian," and then she's just okay with it. Mm-hmm. I like that she got really mad at him. Yeah, absolutely. Because she, I mean, that's like the the fantasy, right? Having like the uh, exotic man return your uh, your folder and like yeah. falling in love or whatever, and that kind of all turned out to be a sham. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the Cutters t-shirt, which I'm wearing. I bought this on Amazon after watching this movie. I'm very excited about it. Um, and the explanation of why they should wear the Cutters t-shirts from mm-hmm. the dad. The dad says, if you're going to be going out there, you might as well tell them who you are. Yeah. Which I appreciated that. I liked that line a lot. And the dad was, uh, by trade, a, a stone cutter mm-hmm. um, who had helped build the university. Um, which I thought was kind of an interesting, like, yeah. just kind of subplot there. Yeah. Um, I've got, I think the line that he says about that, I think is, is going to come up later, but cool. yeah, he's, um, he's a weird character. He's interesting. I'm sure we'll talk a lot about him. Yeah. I got another winner here is a Midwestern town coming out for a weird event. Mm-hmm. It's like the whole town loves this. Uh, it's basically a 50 mile crit around a track, mm-hmm. which like, what, like, what is that? Yeah. You know? <laughs> Like, how is that a thing? Uh, I'm into it, but, like, I don't get it. Um, Still a thing. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the little 500. Um, but, like, a Midwestern town showing up for that is, like, a very, very Midwestern thing. Like, Bix, for example, seven-mile race through Iowa, some part of Iowa. Um, people love it. Like, the whole race, whole race course is just... Uh, just slammed with people. I thought yeah. that was really authentic. Because it's, it's theirs. It's yeah. like unique to them. It's something mm-hmm. they have to get excited about. Yeah, for sure. Um, can you close the uh, Mike riding on pure hatred when he gets back into... Oh, Mike. Yeah, Mike riding on pure hatred when he subs in for Dave. Mm-hmm. And he just rides as hard as he fucking can for yep. 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. So this is all I got. <laughs> um, I love that. I thought that was really fun. And then my last big winner of the movie is... The dad watching the bike race, he does the perfect, my son is doing this event that I don't understand, but I want him to do well face. Absolutely. It's such a good face. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have any more winners? Do you have any more things from the movie that you really liked and want to talk about? Um, sure. I mean, I, I just love like the, just like the fatalist attitude that they have in the beginning when they're, when they're still totally like checked out, like one of my favorite lines. And I said it to you earlier when we just left the sandwich shop, he, they're walking around the quarry and he's just like, and here is where I lost all interest in living. You yeah. Know, he has like identified a spot where he saw like a girl he liked making out with, um, making out with somebody else. And, and it's, it just sets the tone for the whole, for the whole thing and the whole characters and, and so that was cool. Another, another like kind of cool um, winner. I thought it's like they kind of give the illusion that something terrible could like go wrong at any time. Like um, especially in the quarry um, when Mike's character like 
you see him like shut himself in the fridge underwater. Oh yeah. And then they, you think he's drowning. Um, but it turns out there's no back in the fridge, you know, like there's, there's moments like that throughout the movie where like something could go terribly wrong, but like, you know, yeah, that, you know, <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I think that's a good point. Um, a lot of the time when you also get that, when, uh, Dave is biking behind that semi truck, mm-hmm. it's like, you just, I just, you think he's going to slam on the brakes or have to stop and he's going to run into the back. Like, I know that this is like a. A happy movie, but I really felt like he was going to die. And at the same time, you're rooting for him to go faster. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, all right. Uh, on to the losers. Big loser was Mike swimming in jeans. Yeah. Like, why Why don't you just take those off? It's just you and your boys, like, swimming underpants or nothing. Who, who cares? Yeah, a lot of this movie spent in jeans. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wet, ge- wet denim is yeah. just a big, big theme. Yeah, there was, a, there was a lot of wet denim in this movie that... Uh, but, you know, I, I'm just... What else? Maybe they weren't wearing underwear and they just weren't quite quite ready to go yeah. know, totally naked, I guess. I mean, that presents a whole different loser, which is wearing jeans without underpants. Yeah. Which right. I think should be talked about if that's the probably case. Probably the biggest loser yeah. of them all. I'm not really sure what the underwear situation was like in the in the 70s, like yeah. tighty-whities, I think. It seemed like Dave and Cyril, not Dave, uh, Mooch and Cyril, Seemed like they had underpants on. Yeah. Because they were swimming in what seemed like appropriate swim clothes. That's true. But Mike just jumps right in with jeans on. That's it's all. Like, what are you doing, man? That's all American Mike, though. That's yeah. his character. You know, he's a football star. Like, he's got to be wearing denim. Yeah, he just carries cigarettes around, but yeah. doesn't smoke them. <laughs> um, I thought another loser was Dave adopting an Italian accent at 19, but only around certain people. Mm-hmm. It's like, just commit. Commit all the way, man. Yeah, just commit, and then, but he ends up becoming totally disillusioned with the Italians yeah. in general after riding with them. Um, but yeah, he he was, did have a selective accent. Yeah, like he would he would say it around his parents and then around Kathy, but everyone else he just talked normally. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't I don't understand that I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, with Kathy, it was about like creating that yeah. foreigner illusion. With his parents, I don't really. I yeah, don't, maybe, so you, maybe to annoy his father. Maybe I, yeah. yeah. Um, another loser is Dave riding 60 miles per hour behind a truck on an absolutely flat road. That's just patently, patently ludicrous. No, we leave him in the draft. I know. <laughs> 60 miles per hour on a flat road. I just, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Yeah, I don't buy it either. Yeah. But it did make for like a cool scene. Yeah. He's, he did that for like what I think we should assume is like 30 miles too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 30, yeah. 40, 50. Because <laughs> he gets to Bloomington, which we see a sign that says it's 50 miles away mm-hmm. in like 35 seconds of movie time. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't buy that. Well, he was super fit. Yeah, he was very, very fit. Very fit. It was yeah. peak fitness here. Um, another loser that probably only people who have been to Division One cross-country nationals will get, uh, or maybe you, um, <laughs> Mike suggesting going to Terre Haute as a thing to do to break up boredom. <laughs> They're like, what should we do today? Mike's like, let's go to Terre Haute. Why are you going to Terre Haute? The best thing there is a Fazoli's. Larry Bird. Larry Bird, yeah. You want to go to Indiana State? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Good Pizza Hut there, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah oh, yeah, you were in the Pizza Hut commercial. Yeah, there. we renamed it uh, Terre Hut for the day. Terre Hut. There yeah. it is. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought that was a ridiculous thing to say. It's like, you could go, like, why are you going to Terre Haute? And Bloomington is way cooler. Yeah. Even then, it was way, yeah. was way cooler. <laughs> Um, I thought the bad guy, I didn't understand what was going on with the bad guy who was on the swim team. Like, uh, he says he's on the swim team, but then he's also in a frat and he's also riding in the local bike race. Like, 
what is he? Is he just like an amorphous character who's supposed to represent all that's bad about preppy college kids? He's a very versatile villain. Yeah, he's quite an athlete. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we could get, throw some miles on him. He's the next Iron Man. Yeah. Um, I thought that was weird. Uh, and then here's another one. I thought this was a big loser. Uh, so the scene right after the fight where the cutters and the college kids, they run into each other in the quarry, right? Mm-hmm. There's no way they're doing a swimming race. They're just throwing down immediately. Oh, absolutely. They're just absolutely going to fight. Yeah. Like, you think Mike is going to do anything but punch that guy in the face? No way. No. I mean, yeah. You, you want to see if punch thrown in that yeah. situation. Yeah. And they're not getting in there and they're not swimming back and forth to see who's the champ. No. They're just going to kill each other. Yeah. Yeah. Which would have been interesting to see. Yeah. That's a different movie. Yeah. Different Very movie. different movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I thought the Mooch and the Nancy love story was really, really strange. Mm-hmm. Like we got like eight minutes of it throughout the movie, but they never ex- like they never seemed to be into each other. I'm leaving home. Where are you going? Three blocks away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like Mooch always seemed to be trying to like get out of hanging out with her. And then Nancy seemed like she didn't really care if Mooch was hanging out with her. But then they go to the courthouse and get married. I think it's kind of one of those small town syndrome things. It's yeah. where it's like, you know... We might as well get married, and here's a girl that I kind of like. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like... Yeah. Well, we're close to each other. Yeah, it works. Yeah. Um, next loser was Dave seemingly waiting till one week out from the race with the Italians to start training hard. Mm-hmm. Like, we see him go on one bike ride, hard bike ride, and then he says that the race is coming up, and then he has to start training, like, at, in the dark. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe it would have helped if you had... You know, more consistent yeah plan. a little more consistent planning yeah. would have would have been fine and then he he also uh rides on rollers in the pouring rain like isn't the point of rollers to go inside mm-hmm. yeah you can do it not in the rain yeah yeah you can put the rollers wherever you want yeah you could go in the office it's yeah. fine yeah. <laughs> um so i yeah here's another loser the Cinzano breakaway not staying away mm-hmm. like they're professional riders who have a gap on the field and they're all teammates. Like, how do they, how does Mike ride across to them? Yeah. I think that's absolutely crazy. Yeah. Um, and then they drop him and then he rides back up. I just, I don't think that's not good bike racing. You know the wattage required to do yeah. that? <laughs> yeah. Um, how do you guys not just, sh- just cycle through, stay away, win by, win by a mile? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so bike tactics, mm-hmm. obviously big loser in this one. Yeah. Um, Can't look too close at that. Yeah. Uh, then I have two from the little 500. Two of them. I've got, how do they take all the time to tape Dave's foot into the pedals, mm-hmm. but they only lose one position? Like, there's like 45 teams in that race. Yeah. Maybe it's an obscure rule of cycling yeah. that you, you get a lap or something. Yeah. I, I don't actually know. Um, I, th- I thought that was absolutely absurd. And then also, where did all the other teams go in the final lap? Like, for 499 laps, these people are just, like, weaving in and out of chaos. Mm-hmm. And then the checkered flag, or, like, the one-lap-to-go flag comes down, and all of a sudden there's four teams out there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess all, for... All those extras had to go home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Didn't, didn't pay them enough. Yeah. Um, all right. Do you have any other losers from the movie? Um, none that come to mind. I think that the cycling tactics is probably, probably yeah, the, biggest the big one for, uh, for fans who are really in tune to that. Mm-hmm. I think the cycling tactics, and there should have been another fight scene when they run into each other at the quarry. Yeah. Like maybe something really bad happens to somebody, like maybe Cyril gets a concussion. Yeah, I guess the theme is just like 
proving yourself through athletics and yeah <laughs> and abstaining from violence yeah well they have that one fight yeah that's true yeah, yeah they might as well go all in all right so first of all we're getting to the sequel category do you think that there could and should have been a sequel to this movie no, I think I think this one is pretty is pretty self-contained. Uh, I don't think you can kind of go through the journey story and then restart it with the same characters. Like you know, after they've kind of found a calling and something to get excited about, it's really hard to put them back in that in the scene, like in the same state of mind that we see them in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess maybe a sequel could be could be made in a totally different place. Um, you don't want to just hang out with these people? You don't want them to be in your life? No. No? No. The, this movie was pretty self-contained for me. I, I, can, I can move on from it, you know, feeling pretty good and yeah. just uh, and wanted to stay there. Okay. Well, I had a different opinion. Okay. Um, so I wrote the outline of a sequel, and I actually made this into a franchise. Okay. I would love to hear this. All right. Here you go. <clears throat> Dave drops out of school after one year. School was not going so well, and he won the local crit, the Little 500, single-handedly. No teammates. He, along with Mike, spend their final bucks on a plane ticket to Italy. Once over there, Dave gets a job as a bike mechanic for Cinzano's rival team, Bertoli. Mm. Mike finds work as a painter and quickly starts a fight with the head writer of Cinzano over a girl that he can't quite fully communicate with. Dave befriends the Bertoli coach, who allows him to train with the team. Cue amazing training montage where Dave is just barely hanging on the back of every of the group ride, but eventually keeps getting dropped. This lasts 20 minutes, with Dave hanging on a little <laughs> bit longer each time, until he finally stays with the top rider longer than anyone else, almost to the end of this epic ride in the rain over cobblestones. He finally cracks, but right at the end, and he beats the rest of the team. The coach still won't give him a spot, because Dave isn't technically Italian. Right before the 1982 Paris-Roubaix, two of the Bertoli riders get into a bad accident that is caused by the Cinzano team running them off the road with the truck. The coach then turns to Mike and Dave to fill, out, fill the spots as the domestiques so the rest of the team can ride in the race. Before the race starts, Mike gets right up to the, in the top Cinzano guy's uh, face. Oh, sorry. Before the race starts, Mike gets right up in the top Cinzano guy's face, and it looks like they're going to throw down. Also at the starter, Dave sees his parents come to the race with their new baby, which apparently they were going to have. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very happy to see them, but knows that his job is to help the top guy win. Mike starts riding again off of pure hatred for the first 40K, and his furious pace leaves only a select group of riders, including Dave and the two favorites. They keep riding really fast with Dave in the front, and at 15K to go, the lead Cinzano rider rides the top Bertoli rider off the road. It's only Dave and the, t- and the top Cinzano rider now, and the Cinzano rider is riding dirty. He attempts to run Dave off the road, but Dave barely hangs in there. As they approach the finish, the Cinzano rider pulls ahead of Dave, uh, but Dave sees his parents cheering, and he draws enough inspiration for a finishing sprint. He doesn't quite catch the leader, but he gets close. After the, rider, the race, the top rider says that Dave has earned his respect. Mike doesn't care and, about that and beats the shit out of the rider. <laughs> When the cops finally break up the fight, they find PEDs in the Zeno Rider and arrest both Mike, both him and Mike. Dave is proclaimed the winner and gets invited on the Bertoli team as more than just a mechanic. He says no and moves back to Indiana to start his own team. The first person to sign up is a kid named Greg Lamond. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> All right, so that's Breaking Away 2. Yeah. Breaking Away 3 is a <laughs> fictional reimagining of uh, slaying the badger, Lamond versus Eno. Mm-hmm. This is getting so niche. <laughs> just further and further yeah uh breaking away four happens when Lamont gets shot in the lung with buckshot 
Um, and he can't ride for a few years. So Dave comes out of retirement to um, hoist the American flag in Europe. Um, breaking away five. EPO, <laughs> EPO is rampant and European t- teams are dominating the tour. There are rumblings of a new hotshot triathlete um, American joining the tour who is okay with taking illicit substances. Mike trains his ass off in the Rockies for one last hurrah. He crashes early, but on a stellar time trial and a gutsy climb in the Alps, he wins the yellow jersey and retires back to Indiana. That's the new Breaking Away franchise. Somebody Ooh. give me half a bil- billion dollars and I will make this for you. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. no, uh, I, I can see it. I, I hadn't even allowed my brain to go that far. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, and to that's a nice segue into the GM category slash recasting for 2019. Uh, so usually in the GM category, we sub in, um, one actor that we think would make, would have made the movie better at the time. However, due to Noah and I's inability to, uh, let's just say lack of knowledge of 19, late 1970s, early 1980s actors, Mm -hmm. um, we've just decided to recast this for today. Um, so who you got for Mike, the main character? No, sorry. Mike, the tough guy. Yeah. Mike, tough guy. Uh... I don't know. You throw some names out. So I thought Army Hammer would be a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Michael B. Jordan would be fun, but he's probably getting a little bit too old. Um, that's kind of all I had for right now. It, it, I just intend to want to like cast all these guys with people from stoner movies. Like, sure, want, go for I it. I want like, Jonah Hill in here. I want... Yeah, I mean, Jonah um, Hill's like 35 years old. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want like Michael Sarah in here as, as younger younger yeah. versions of themselves. Maybe Mick Fogle. We could just yeah. make super bad again. Yeah. Super it, bad with bikes. It's it just kind of like a millennial version of the same cast. I guess we see like variations of this movie just set up in different different eras. But. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Mike could be anybody with big muscles. Mm-hmm. Uh, the tough love dad is played by Kyle Chandler, without a doubt. Yeah. 100%. The father from Friday Night Lights. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Dave, I want to be played by Miles Teller and I want him to get really, really fit. Yeah. Like, really fit. Um, I want Catherine to be played by Zendaya. Zendaya. So she's, I think she's a musical artist, but she's also the lead of um, a show on HBO called Euphoria, which Mm -hmm. is great. It's really, really dark, but it's really, really good. Um, So I think that's, then now now we just need half a billion dollars to make five movies. I think we can do it. Yeah, we should probably uh, get Josh on it and yeah. send, some, send some emails. Josh Cox, please uh, hit up your boys in Hollywood. We're making Breaking Away 2, 3, 4, and 5. Also, Scott and I are just kind of done, done training now. Yeah, we're, we're just movie makers. We just make movies. We make movies now. Yeah. <laughs> we're movie makers. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to executive produce the shit out of this. Yeah, I'm going to just go ahead and uh, not do the race that we're supposed to do tomorrow. Yeah, we need to get on this. Let's yeah. start whipping up a script. I'm more of an idea, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what, all right, you got anything else for the GM category slash recasting or slash sequels? Um, no, no. Okay. No, we'll we'll leave it there. Yeah. Um, all right. So I got a three quotes for us. Um, these are the best quotes from the movie that would make the best caption on Instagram for a workout or race pick. Mm-hmm. So if you guys are listening, these are free. These are free out there. Get right? those likes. Yeah, Go the caption's them. the hardest part, so yeah. just use them. Use them. It's great. All right, first one. They keep calling us cutters. To them, it's a dirty word, but to me, it's something else I never got to be. 
I like that one a lot. Oh yeah. 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 Like you don't quite have a place. Yeah. I, um, when I was rewatching the movie, that's definitely one I, that I heard and just like paused for a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's a picture of you alone running up a mountain. Yeah. Yeah. And it, but it's just so profound. It, he never even got to the point where he could be a cutter. Yeah. Wow. 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 Yeah. Sad. <laughs> He's just stuck in limbo. Yeah. Can't even accept his role as a cutter. Yeah. Now that was a good one. Um, this one is a little bit more funny, but I think it's great. Uh, so this is from the father right after he has the heart attack. Mm-hmm. He says, I don't feel lucky to be alive. I feel lucky not to be dead. There's a difference. <laughs> if you've ever run like 120 mile a week, that's about what this feels like. I yeah. Think. Yeah. Like that's it, encapsulating ma- marathon training. It, it feels like lack of feeling. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and then this last one is like... It's just the perfect one for right after somebody doesn't make a world championship or Olympic team. Like, they just weren't good enough. They didn't make any mistakes. They didn't... Uh, it's not like they didn't didn't train hard enough. They just weren't... Flat out weren't good enough. It is, I was proud of my work, and the buildings went up. When they were finished, the damnedest thing happened. It was like the buildings were too good for us. Nobody told us that. Yeah. Yeah. Just the dad laying down these quotes mm-hmm. about how he built the, the built the, the, the university, university, yeah. yeah. Um, which I think like that's an underrated one. It sounds really sad and depressing, but it's mm-hmm. like you did the work. Like yeah. the work doesn't doing the work doesn't necess- doesn't mean that you get to um, doesn't mean that you get to enjoy it. Like the work is its own, is one thing. And the end product is its own thing. Yeah. And they're not necessarily always connected, which is not something most people would acknowledge. They say, if you work hard, you achieve things. Mm-hmm. But that's not necessarily true. You know, you can work really hard on these buildings, do a really good job, and then they're just buildings. You yeah. Know? Because, I mean, the buildings don't make the university. Yeah. 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 Um, you got any other quotes for us? Um, I said one earlier, but I just keep coming back to it where he had, you know, this is the place where I lost all interest in living, you know, just, yeah. <laughs> just the fact, like, I, I think everyone has felt that way, but the fact that you could identify, like, one specific moment in one specific place, and I've actually felt like that on just about every long run yeah. that, I, that I've ever done at some point, you're just like, I was feeling good, and then this hill or, like, this yeah. turn <laughs> is where I decided that I just was done yeah like 1200 meters into a vo2 mile mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> it's over this is where i don't wanna, i don't want to do it anymore yeah yeah and then uh i kind of i blew my quotes out early but yeah the other one is when he uh mike is watching the football team practice and he's like you know they're you know new college kids are going to come every year and i'm just going to be 20 year old mike and 30 year old mike and 40 year old mike um that's another one that really that really got to me because yeah. I've kind of thought about that too. Like when I was like packing up and leaving school, I was like, I all of a sudden felt like this place was so significant to me. But at the same time, I was so insignificant because every year a fresh new batch of people like me were going to keep showing up until like I would be totally erased from the history of the place. Yeah. Um, Like you want to believe that your contribution is meaningful, but in actuality, like... It's not. Yeah. Yeah, because more people are going to continue cycling in, and, I mean, it's kind of like that everywhere in, like, a sad way. You know, yeah. You just have to be happy with what you were able to do, but not expect to be significant to everybody. Yeah. Know? Like, even, even like, quote-unquote legends, like, Bill Rogers can walk into a bar and not get recognized, you know? Absolutely. It's one Boston, like, 
four times or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's very like situationally famous, but his world work didn't necessarily like change the world. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. there's maybe like 25 people who are alive right now who that quote doesn't apply to. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's be- like for Bill, it's like he's become a little less significant every time Boston yeah. rolls around just mm-hmm. because you know, the audience is getting younger yeah. and fading from... But anyway, Bill Rogers, big fan if yeah. you're listening, so... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not throwing shade at you. We'll both see you at Falmouth. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah no, I think that's a, those are good ones. Those are really good ones. Um, all right. We're on to the Landry Clark corner. This segment is dedicated to Landry Clark from Friday Night Lights, who reads Of Mice and Men to Tim Riggins so Tim can stay eligible um for the playoffs uh and he asks tim uh how this book relates to tim's life and tim says he doesn't know but i'm gonna ask you how do the sort of the themes of this movie like i know we've talked about it a lot but what Mm -hmm. part of this movie really um sort of is near and dear to your heart well this this movie is kind of close to me in a number of ways one just like kind of the nuts and bolts of it i'm from indiana I, I spent my summers in Bloomington between, uh, between college semesters, and so it was really cool to live there and see, see the sights. Um, my mom was actually on campus while they filmed the movie, and so it's always felt kind of close to home there. But, you know, those themes aside, just like, yeah, being in a place and feeling kind of lost and inferior to those who share the same space, I feel like I've felt that before when I didn't you know, especially, like, after I graduated from college, you know, I didn't, like, immediately go pro in running. I didn't know what I was doing. I felt like I was kind of just floating around in an ether that could continue indefinitely until I died, um, until I, like, found something to get fired up and excited about, which, in my case, was running, um, and in their case, was a cycling race, and it was kind of their chance to prove themselves. So that's kind of why I've always identified with the movie. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Like movies that are that feature young, I think particularly men, but young people in general, usually they feature men is I guess what I meant to say. Mm-hmm. Um, they have this like quality that almost everyone can relate to because while we want to believe that we have like a different upbringing, like teenagehood is pretty much ubiquitous. Like most people feel a little lost, a little misunderstood, like um, you have big dreams, but maybe you don't understand the infrastructure needed to achieve them. Like, um, I think that has like a really universal quality to it, which makes it, there's some aspects of this movie that like are very 1980s, Yeah. but then that kind of aspect of like, um, you're a teenager. There's a saying, this quote from a movie or a, a song that goes, you're old enough to get there, but too young to get inside. Mm-hmm. That I think really is like exemplified in this. Like, yeah. These kids are old enough to like you could they could get a job they could start a life but they don't have any interest in that and they're um, still not equipped for that in any way. Yeah. Um, that I think is something that a lot of people struggle with and uh, not struggle with but experience. Yeah, yeah. And, and you see kind of the opposite of that in uh, what, what's the short kid's name again? Mooch. Mooch. And Mooch's, uh, you know, girlfriend, you know, and she's like, I just got a job. I, they think if I do really well, like, in a few months, I'll be head cashier. And he's just like, great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's yeah. like, and so you can see the two sides. It's like, there is the type of person who's going to be totally happy 
yeah. to follow, to see that storyline through to its end, you know, but, you know, Mooch is not that guy, so, like, what what is Mooch going to get excited about? Do you think Mooch and Nancy are still together? I think they, I think uh, they were probably together, had some kids, and then later in life separated. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they're together either. Yeah. Um, do you think Mooch is pl- paying alimony? Or do you think Mooch is just, like... Like, maybe they divorced, like, right before the internet, and he was just like, think, I'm just leaving town. Yeah, I think... Actually, you can't find me now. I, I think Mooch uh, moved straight to straight to S in the dentist system and separated entirely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I would, I would guess. Yeah, I think... I don't think that relationship was long for the world. And honestly, like, it's probably best... If he had yeah. kids, it's probably best that he's not... Yeah, <laughs> Mooch is not a good person. Yeah. <laughs> Mooch is not a great dude anymore. I think Mooch <laughs> probably shows up in, like, number three, Breaking Away 3, just, mm-hmm. like, out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he's kind of like... His friends don't really recognize him anymore, and they're like, Mooch? Yeah, Mooch? Mooch, is that you? <laughs> yeah. Um, and they're like, oh, dude, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you know? He's just a gardener at a... um. At like a vineyard yeah. in France. Yeah. And looking rough. Yeah. He drank yeah. a little bit too much of the cab sap. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's good. Um, yeah, Mooch is funny. What do you think happens to Mike outside of our new, um, outside of our series that we made? Yeah, I, I didn't have, uh, I'm not super optimistic about what happened to Mike yeah. either. You know, I think, I think a lot of times it's the destiny of the high school quarterback to, uh, to eventually just kind of settle into the environment that he initially resisted. And, uh, you know, so he's in Bloomington. He's in Bloomington? He, he's in Bloomington doing something. Yeah, I think he's either in prison or mm-hmm. the Army. Yeah. I think those are his two paths. I could see him being a high school football coach someday. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and just being really mean. Yeah, maybe when he gets back from the Army. Yeah, back from the Army. He saw some, he saw some shit over there yeah. that kind of... Gave him more of an edge, and now he is a really mean high school football coach. Yeah, I don't know where he would have served. Like, this movie came out, comes out in 1979. Let's say he enlists in 81. Like, goal, he's got Golf. 10 years till goal four. Yeah. I, there, there could have been some kind of shadow yeah. conflicts that we don't really Maybe know Maybe he's a ranger. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Iran Contra. Yeah, he was even somewhere out there. Yeah. He's like an extra in Charlie Wilson's War. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, and how do you feel about the name Cutters? Like, right off the bat, like, obviously it's a reference to stone cutting. Mm-hmm. But doesn't it feel like, when you first heard it right off the bat, did you cringe a little bit? Um, not really. I, I see where you're coming from now, but I, I didn't really think of it yeah. that way, I guess. I always took it to mean, like, kids who cut class. Um, like, they're burnouts, dropouts, cutting class, mm-hmm. cutters, you know. Yeah. Um, I did, I doing like a little bit of research, I did read that they like in the original script were going to be called stoners, but they just thought that wouldn't play. Like and, stone, like a double entendre, like smoking weed and yeah, also yeah, so working on stone. Instead of cutters, your shirt would say stoners. Yeah. Um, it probably but, wouldn't have aged as well. Yeah. I don't and, know that they're still making shirts that say stoners, if that's that, the case. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of interesting, but yeah, I can, I can see I would be a little cringeworthy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, is there anything else? Uh, no, I would just uh, I would just recommend that people uh, take the time to seek this movie this movie out because I think it's kind of a, a hidden gem that you know it was just in '79 it kind of flew under all of our radar. I'm not even sure where I saw it for the first time, but yeah, it's I mean it's 3.99 on Amazon right now. I think it's worth three dollars and ninety nine cents for, oh, sure. for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, 
go check this movie out. Let us know what you think. Um, you know, I think it's great. I think that was a great, great summation. Um, I think we did. A yeah, great we job. did a great really job. Really excellent job by yeah. us on this yeah. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Warner Brothers, uh, if you could give me a call and allocate me five hundred million dollars, we'll get the breaking away like movie universe off the ground. Yeah, we'll get you the, the yeah. storylines and uh, yeah, yeah, that'll that'll buy you a rough outline of uh, what yeah. we plan to do. There will be a Mooch spinoff at some point. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> Cyril will go on a vision quest. Yeah, um, we go a lot of different directions yeah. with this. Nancy's kids will probably be something at some point because um, Mooch won't be there to raise them. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Thanks.